Did President Trump leak highly sensitive intelligence to the Russians? That's coming up. Plus, the latest news involving Israel, some pretty bizarre stuff. First, I want you to think about something. On Monday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals heard arguments about whether to reinstate the travel ban. That's right. Yes, another travel ban appeal. Another one. (laughs) The super liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals focused on, once again, President Trump's comments that he made when he was a candidate for president, when he was campaigning, when he called for a ban on Muslims. And, you know, they can't, of course, look at the executive order and try to figure out, well, is this constitutional or not? They have to psychoanalyze President Trump. They have to look back at statements that he made a year ago, statements that he made when he was a candidate, not when he was an actual president. And uh, that's how they're going to figure out. They're going to read his mind to try to figure out and look at his tweets to try to figure out uh, whether this executive order is legal or not. I think if it were you and I, we would just read the thing and see if it's constitutional or not. But they're not doing that. They're looking into what his intent was. Now, think about this. James Comey refused to prosecute Hillary Clinton, refused to prosecute Huma Abedin, even though to even just indict them. I'm not saying throw them in prison. Just get convene a grand jury and just figure out if they can go to trial. But uh, he refused to do that, even though she clearly committed felony after felony, obstruction of justice, classified information on private servers, Hillary Huma sending uh, forwarding emails, classified emails to Anthony Weiner's computer. I mean, the list goes on and on. And yet James Comey said, you know what? There was no criminal intent. And you say to yourself, this is amazing. Here you have President Trump. Uh, putting an executive order out that specifically uh, targets countries where there are there there are just terrorists flying around everywhere, terrorists in total control of the country because he wants to secure our country, and uh, we look at his intent, and then we have Hillary clearly committing acts of felony, and we look at her intent, and we're good, and what is wrong with the world, and. What it is is the liberal establishment here has figured out a way to circumvent all problems. They want Hillary to not be indicted because that would be a national crisis for a former first lady presidential candidate to be indicted even though she committed crimes. So you know what? We come up with this magical thing. It's intent. She didn't have the intent. Oh, good. Okay, that's all that matters. You can commit crimes as long as we can. And intent, you can make anything up that you want. So we're good. When we need intent to work in our favor, works in our favor. Doesn't matter what the intent actually was or what the crime actually was. President Trump, well, he put together the second executive order, which was done very carefully and it's constitutional and it's done to protect our country from terrorists, not to ban uh, a billion Muslims from this country. And It's only a few countries out of dozens and dozens. So, but we, we, we have a solution. Wait, this is a problem because now Trump's travel ban might actually be legal. No problem. Intent. And this is the new tool. Once you bring intent into the mix, you can decide anything you want because you could just make it up. Very, very, very frustrating. Now, the Washington Post uh, is reporting, big, big, big news, that they say that President Trump, when he met with Russian foreign officials, the Russian foreign minister and Russian ambassador to the U.S. in the White House last week, the day after he fired James Comey. There are reports, numerous reports from numerous sources, multiple sources, that President Trump gave them highly sensitive information. Now, nobody thinks he committed a crime in terms of leaking classified information because the president can pretty much declassify anything he wants. He has a very, very broad 
uh, ability there to pretty much declassify almost anything. That's not the issue. But the issue is that he may have compromised a close ally of the United States. There are a lot of details here that are sketchy and are very, very unclear. And this whole story may be fabricated. We'll have to wait and see. But the report is that he did not... Now, let me explain this carefully. He did not name any specific ally or any specific country. It seems that an ally of the United States provided us with intelligence about an ISIS attack involving laptops. And this has been in the news uh, that, that ISIS might be planning to use laptops on airplanes and other devices on airplanes to commit an act of terror. So President Trump discussed some details with the Russians, but the allegation is that in doing so, he may have compromised the source. In other words, he may have told the Russians. Now, the Russians uh, you know, are close to countries like Syria that are very, very much uh, part of ISIS, or at least very connected to ISIS, linked to ISIS. So, you know, Russia's not our friend. Russia's not our ally. We cannot be sharing sensitive information with them. That's pretty clear, sensitive intelligence. So the the story is that Trump spoke a little bit too freely and gave away information that could give away to the Russians who our source is, who was spying on which country was spying and which probably intelligence um, organization, foreign intelligence organization, was spying on ISIS, and that could be very, very damaging, obviously. So that's the report. The report is that by telling them this information, somehow he gave them enough where they could potentially figure out, and look, you got to be really, really careful. I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. This is a big deal if it's true. Now, the White House is steadfastly and vehemently denying this. They're saying he didn't leak any intelligence. He didn't give away any information. So it's really unclear. But as I said, numerous news outlets are going with this story. They're saying that there's more than one source. And they're saying that right after it happened, the White House was scrambling. They got NSA involved, CIA, FBI, scrambling to try to contain the potential damage. That, that That's the report. Now, it could be, I just want, I have no idea. Very sketchy, very preliminary. We'll have to wait and see. But it could be that everybody's telling the truth here. It could be that what the White House is denying is they're saying he didn't actually give them intelligence. In other words, nobody's saying, it seems, that Trump actually gave them classified information. They're just saying that he described the intelligence gathering or he described the threat or something that he described was done in a way, a lot of subtlety or a lot of nuance, done in a way that could potentially give away the source. So it sounds like a very muddled kind of gray area. So it could be the White House is saying, listen, he didn't give away any outright intelligence. And these sources are saying, okay, fine, we'll grant you that. But he still did talk too much. And he still did uh, put an ally and a source at risk and put a a classified and a clandestine official or or clandestine group even at risk where Russia could then go to Syria, go to ISIS, go to Iran and say, listen, you're not going to believe who's been spying on you. So this is very, very serious stuff. And we're going to have to wait and see the details. But, you know, again, uh, another blemish over here, another tarnish. I mean, uh, uh, another scandal potentially that the mainstream media is going to go nuts over which we really want to avoid especially involving russia like can we just stop with 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 russia already for goodness sake i mean this is really just causing way way too many distractions uh, there is a theory out there that president trump wants these distractions he just wants to work on health care and 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 ta- tax cuts and all this other legislation without the media getting in the way so all this stuff is just to, to throw the media off on a wild goose chase but you know i think it's getting a, a little out of hand so we'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds. Now, Israel stuff, a lot of very bizarre things. Number one, um, 
Fox reported a story that Benjamin Netanyahu told President Trump, do not move the embassy to Yerushalayim. I'm telling you, outwardly I'm saying we should, but between you and me, don't move the embassy. And Bibi Netanyahu came out immediately denying that story, saying it's totally false. He wants the embassy moved, which I firmly believe Benjamin Netanyahu wants the embassy moved as soon as possible. Now, even more bizarre is uh, there's a U.S. official who's in Israel right now arranging President Trump's trip next week uh, to Israel. And uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu asked him, can I accompany, President Trump is going to the coastal to visit the coastal, can I accompany him? And this official looked at Netanyahu, he said, what does it have to do with you? The coastal is on the West Bank. It's not Israeli territory, it's disputed territory. And Benjamin Netanyahu was absolutely floored. I mean, President Trump has made it very clear that he believes in Yerushalayim being the, the, the Israel territory and being the capital of Israel. And of course, the Kosel is, uh, I don't have to tell you, is the holiest spot on earth. And uh, Israel, of course, has sovereignty over it. So Netanyahu was completely, completely shocked and taken aback by that kind of statement. The White House reportedly is distancing itself, saying that is not the policy of the White House. But again, it gets you curious with all the weird stuff that's flying around. You know, why is the guy who's in charge of President Trump's trip to Israel, why is he not on the same page as the White House? I mean, and why is he saying something which is just so extreme? And remember, the State Department... Uh, You know, they are very, when it comes to Israel, uh, they are not on the same page as a lot of us. I mean, the State Department, they they won't recognize, someone's born in Jerusalem, they won't write Israel on their passport. They'll write Jerusalem, but not Israel, because they don't want to recognize Jerusalem as being uh, under the sovereignty of Israel. So the State Department is very shaky, and if they're kind of infiltrating, you know, President Trump's policies, then that does get me toward Israel. That gets me, that gets me nervous. Uh, Similarly... Yehuda and Shomron uh, have delayed a decision, upcoming decision about approving settlement building there. They don't want the approval of settlement building to coincide with President Trump's arrival there because that could compromise President Trump. That could cause an awkward situation where he's in Israel when they make this announcement and he's against settlements. Again, I don't know why he's coming down so hard. All these things are pointing to the same direction. Now, Rex Tillerson says they may not move the embassy. Uh, because they're worried about how it would affect the peace process. It's like, you know, I do understand. A lot of people are very outraged, a lot of conservatives, very, very outraged at President Trump for wavering now on the embassy move and for talking about a lot about the two-state solution and coming down hard against settlement building. You know, these are all areas where President Trump, the candidate, was really, really, really strong, staunchly pro-Israel, and now he has come very, very far to the other side and it's unclear. And look, I have to make something very clear here. I know a lot of folks emailed me saying, listen, not a good idea to move the embassy to Yerushalayim. Could cause more harm than good. Could be dangerous. It could give a lot of enemies of Israel the, the wrong idea and cause them, cause backlash where they would then go and respond by, God forbid, attacking Israel. And I get that. That's, you know, something we definitely can discuss uh, I'm personally, I'm always a believer in strength versus weakness, but, uh, you know, and, and and taking a strong stand, but I understand the other side. But I will say this, that's not President Trump's concern. President Trump, all he knows is that Israel views Yerushalayim as its capital for many, many, many years now, and they all they're saying is put the bring the embassy to Yerushalayim. That, that's where it belongs. Recognize Yerushalayim as Israel's capital. 
We have a right to that. We deserve that. Trump can't say, well, no, but it's not going to be safe for you guys. I'm protecting you guys. That's not his. Maybe that's your problem and my problem and Israel's problem. But President Trump, all his job is not to protect Israel. His job is to stand with Israel, to support Israel, and to do what they ask him to do. If they're saying, listen, put we're, 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 we're as close allies as humanly possible. Put the embassy in Yerushalayim, which is our capital, and stop dissing us. So uh, really interesting stuff here, and, and I totally understand. Look, the, the President Trump has got to be strong here in the next few days. I mean, and he's got to come down hard on Abbas for spending over $300 million a year uh, to support the families of terrorists who kill Jews. So we'll have to wait and see uh, how this all unfolds. Now, final story here, the Supreme Court uh, would not accept a case about the North Carolina's voter law, voter ID law, and North Carolina uh, put into place a very strong voter ID law. There's a lot of voter fraud, and all they're saying is, as far as I'm aware, bring your driver's license. You can't vote just because you claim that you're somebody just just work just by the honor system. It doesn't work that way. You actually have to prove your identity if you want to vote. It seems pretty reasonable, pretty fair to me. A lot of people claim it's discrimination. For some reason, minorities can't bring their ID cards. I don't understand exactly why, but that's the claim. Supposedly, it's discrimination. I, I, I don't I, – I, maybe that's because Democrats – like voter fraud. That's what I would think. I don't know. What's the big deal? Just bring your ID card. But anyway, the, the, the law was struck down by a lower court who claimed that it was racist, it was discriminatory to force voters to show their ID. Again, I don't understand it. To me, it's inexplicable. Uh, it, went, it, was, it, it was brought to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, we refuse to even hear it. We refuse to even hear this case, in other words, the law is going to stand in place or the previous ruling of the lower court is going to is going to stand because we're not getting involved. The Supreme Court refused to hear the case. Uh, I don't know. This is, is this a bad sign? You know, here we have finally have Justice Gorsuch. We have Justice Roberts. And yet the majority, uh, Justice Alito, of course, and others, and Clarence Thomas, and yet the majority refused to accept this case. I would have thought the conservatives would accept this case. So look, it's early on still uh, in Justice Gorsuch's tenure. We'll have to wait and see. We can't judge anything by this just yet. Is it a red flag? Perhaps a yellow flag. Thanks you. Th- thank you all for joining us once again. My name is Yaakov M.